when you depend heavily on your significant other for emotional support, physical support, oftentimes you stop putting your energy into other relationships. So when you're single, now you're forced to reach out to like your friends and your family and everything for, for that, that support. This is Grow To Be Free, a self-development podcast that helps ambitious ladies pursue their dreams while finding peace, happiness, and maintaining a thriving mental health. My name is Kiani, and I burnt myself out at age 22. I didn't know my purpose. I hated my job. I thought money was the answer to all my problems, and girl, was I sad. I fought through anxiety and depression by working on myself nonstop. Now, I can honestly say that I am happy, I find peace every single day, and I'm on a journey to discover my best life. Join me as I sit with other ambitious gals who have learned to unlock this new level of life. Think of us as the girlfriends that actually grow with you. We'll share all the tangible tips to help you transform your mindset, mental health, relationships, faith, and finances. Plug in your headphones, get ready to jot down some notes, and let yourself be inspired. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Grow To Be Free podcast. I'm your host, Kiani, and I'm here with my friend, C. You might know her from the last episode, part one of the Am I Ready To Date? Seriously, we turned this into two episodes because we just went on and on and on about different um, different topics, subtopics mm-hmm. that have to do with Am I Ready To Date? And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it now because there's a lot of foundational principles that we talked about in it, a lot of helpful resources as well. So I would definitely recommend going back to that episode and then coming to this one because we are picking up where we left off and continuing to talk about, am I ready to date? So we're answering that question for ourselves in the process and Mm -hmm. helping you answer that question if you're wondering it or, yeah. So I think the next thing that we really want to pick up on Mm-hmm. is the healing process of things like yeah. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you you know how many of you actually feel like you've kind of jumped from relationship to relationship or a better question is how many days months years have you spent since you started being romantic with people how many how much of that time have you actually spent being single as opposed to being in a relationship or what has been the ratio has it been 80 percent in a relationship 20 percent single or has it been opposite or, you know like what actually is that ratio mm-hmm. i'm curious if you actually have an answer to this <laughs> do, you, do you know or is that kind of hard to say um okay re- repeat the last part like do you, what is the ratio of uh-huh. time that you've spent either yeah. in a relationship uh-huh. or single since the time that you started dating. Oh, I got you. Okay. Like seriously dating. Yeah, like say like your first boyfriend mm-hmm. since that time, like whatever age that was. So since then, like. <laughs> well, I would say 80% of the time I've been single <laughs> because okay. I dated yeah. the, my first, I would say official relationship or boyfriend was in college. Or right before I was going into college, I was around age 17. I'm 29 now, so 12 years. And I would say I've been in maybe like four, maybe five relationships since then, on and off. Let's just say that's five years. So the ratio would be five to 12. <laughs> I'm not right. doing that. But, yeah, I mean, that's fine. So that's, that's, 
less than one, less, less than 50% of the time. So I would say like, half, I would say um, like percentage wise, what, what would that be like 60%, 60, 70% single of the time? Mm. I never thought about it, but I'm mm. doing the, head, the math, yeah, yeah, the math yeah. in my head. But that's an interesting question. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I'm not responsible for this question. I heard yeah. it on on purpose by Jay Shetty, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And mm. he likes to ask people that because it's a really good indicator of mm-hmm. where we stand and how we've spent our time. Yeah. So I know for me, I'm also guesstimating as well. I started dating when I was 14. I had my first boyfriend and I have probably spent, so 14, I'm now 26. So that. Mm-hmm. Not how many years is it? 14, 12, 26, that's 12, 12 years. So, say, same, like 12 years, yeah. Okay, so that's 12 years I've been dating, and then I did the math, and I think I've spent actually eight of those years, about eight, mm. either in a relationship or yeah. talking to somebody seriously, because um, technically my last one wasn't a committed relationship, but it but went on for still... so long, I'm yeah. just like, there's no way I could like okay. not count that, but mm-hmm. okay, and, and actually I think that's a little bit of an overestimation, but maybe about about eight of those 12 years, so eight. Okay. So I spent probably it's four on a single. Yeah. <laughs> more than half, which... Yeah. Is is interesting. So yours is kind of the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine is. I've been. I've been alone more times than I've been in a relationship or talking to someone. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Which I would say you're probably in a healthier place than I am. <laughs> you know that's very that's subjective. You know because it's it, it really if you feel like maybe those relationships you were like a waste of time, then maybe. There's some, you know, maybe they weren't healthy, but you might look at it in a way that that person you learned from them, you know, you, it was, it was worth it because you grew from it or you learned this about yourself. You learned what you didn't like, what you like. So I guess depending on how you look at it, it could be healthy. Like it could be a good thing that you've spent all this time dating different men, just really getting to know, like, you know, what, what you liked about them, what you didn't like. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I've, it's it's I've been so single so long. I'm just gonna go back to the intentionality because I I want to date with the intent of marriage. So and maybe this could be a bad thing. Maybe I haven't really given those men enough time or like as much of a chance to develop the potential for marriage. But for me, I think when I don't when I start to see those signs of you know, maybe they're selfish or maybe they're not communicating with me. I tend to be more on, I guess, the conservative side or the, mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm, I'm quick to cut them off pretty much, which you can look at it as a bad or a good thing, but I don't like to waste time yeah. as much time, I guess. Yeah. So. Oh, then that's, yeah. that's real. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think this, it's, it's subjective and that's not the point of the question is not necessarily to say like oh you know like you're healthy if you have x amount of whatever like that wasn't the actual point of it um but i i do think it's a good indicator of like you know how 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 much time have you spent by yourself and you know what what did you do during those times yeah that's the biggest question yeah (laughs) Yeah. what what were you doing in those relationships and what were you doing when you're single what did you and, learn? Yeah. Yeah. And what, why did you 
what was it about those relationships that you felt like you needed to continue throughout yeah. the relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, was it you really felt like this person was the one or was it, you know, you, you know, like we talked about earlier, looking for validation, you know, mm -hmm. or could be a number of reasons. But yeah. I think like how you said, how you use that time in the relationship or in your singleness, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely facts. And, um, I think w we need to kind of look at like how that singleness time was distributed, mm -hmm. you know, cause, um, if we went through a traumatic relationship and then, you know, soon after we got into another relationship, mm -hmm. we didn't give ourselves the time to heal from that. Yeah. And we didn't give ourselves the time to process that relationship. I, I, yeah. I'm of the mind and I'm a firm believer in like, no matter if the relationship was toxic, traumatic or healthy, yeah. you still owe it to yourself to remain single for, I mean, I'm not going to put an actual time stamp on it, but yeah. for a good amount of time to mm -hmm. decompress from that relationship. Yeah. No matter how long it was. I mean, granted, if it was a committed relationship, not just like, um, date here and there, you know, but, um, I, I, I think that because we tend to kind of not like, say if it was a healthy relationship, like mm -hmm. we need to reflect on that yeah. relationship. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it prepares you. It, it not only prepares you for what you might potentially come up against in the next relationship but it's good to just reflect like what actually worked you know like I had one relationship mm -hmm. that really was it was a good relationship you know um I'm not gonna say why it didn't work out but I would say the things that did work out it really influenced how I went into my my next relationship because I'm like man like you need to step this up my and maybe it wasn't good that I was comparing but it's almost like he made such a great impression. I couldn't help but think like, that's what I need. When I'm dating, I need this person to be attentive. I need them to, so there were good qualities there. But, you know, um, my last relationship, there it took me a, a really long time actually to get over him. Mm -hmm. um, because it was like, I wanted, there were so many things, there's so much potential, that's what it was. Mm. And I think my mind went back to every time like I would think of him, this is after the relationship, I would think, oh man, like maybe I could have changed this about him. Or maybe if I would have said this, then we wouldn't have argued about, it. you know? So there is, I feel like when it comes to, it, it could, you know, any relationship that you had in the past that was either traumatic or, Maybe it wasn't so much traumatic, but maybe it was emotionally draining. Cause I feel like I've been in a lot of relationships that were like, it took so much out of me. And I just, I did, I needed a lot of time to recover from that and really to reflect like, well, why was it so emotionally and draining? Draining it was because I was putting in more than they were putting in. And I would say most of the time, that's what it was. It was like, I was putting my all into the relationship and I didn't feel like it was reciprocated. Mm -hmm. So to that, to, to your point, like, I don't know that there is a specific time where you need to recover in, you know, in your singleness mm -hmm. or how long you need to be single. But I know for me, it took me a really long time and I don't know that if I were to just jump into another relationship, if that would have fixed the things that maybe 
were, you know, that came up in my past relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there were things that maybe I need to reflect reflect on in myself Mm -hmm. that, you know, that I learned about myself. Like, wow, like I... I'm, and this is not me, but I'm just giving an example. Like, yeah, maybe I was a little clingy. <laughs> like, maybe I didn't really give them, like, in, in we were when we were communicating, I didn't give them a chance to like explain themselves. Or maybe, maybe it could be a toxic trait that you brought to table. <laughs> you know, <laughs> True, yeah. So it could be them too. But it's it, the point is, you know, when you in your singleness, you have time to actually re- reflect and. Um, you know, think about those things, like yeah. why it didn't work, or why it did work, yeah. or what could have improved. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, you also need time to mourn that relationship and how it and ended. And grieve, yeah. Yeah, like whether or not, like even if you cut it off, like you yeah. still need to grieve yeah, that in some absolutely. way. Um, and it'll look a little different, of course, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, and like another thing too is you might kind of need to just like mentally just decompress you know because Mm -hmm. think about when you it's like rehab (laughs) in a way it's like Mm -hmm. the best that I can describe it it's like if you like say if you lost a limb right like obviously that's like a traumatic experience yeah um so first of all like you need to heal from that Mm -hmm. and like when you're in a relationship with with a person you're join in some way yeah and then when you break up you're now separated so you've gotten yeah yeah you're like you're losing something yeah and you first like need to mourn it and then you need to learn how to get along Mm -hmm. without it and yeah you know figure out what your life now looks like without that person in it like now all of a sudden you have more time and you have more energy yeah maybe but um, (laughs) you just have different opportunities now that's so true yeah yeah some people really don't go through that process like they'll just sometimes people even like the way they cope is going into another relationship because they don't want to be alone you know like i don't want to be alone like i i hate going home and i'm by myself and it's quiet like you know, but some people, they just, they don't even take the time to, like you're saying, like heal from it and go through the process of grief, you know, because grief is not only for like, uh, you know, someone who you lost, like that guy, that relative, it could be someone like you're saying that maybe you were in a close relationship with, with and you guys are separated now. And like, that could be, you have, you might have to go through that grief process as well, you know, and, and just kind of heal from from it and you know, take the time. And it may, for everyone, it's different. Like, it may take a month for one person. It may take a whole year for another person, yeah. depending on what they're going through in their life. So, but why, why do you think it's, you know, important to heal? And, like, what have you done in the past to to heal from relationships? Yeah, I'll answer the first one. Um, I think it's important to be by yourself. Yeah. Because when you don't know how to be by yourself and mm-hmm. you don't know how to be alone with your thoughts, mm-hmm. and this goes for anybody, mm-hmm. a woman, man, whoever, right. like if you have trouble being alone with your thoughts and you either don't like what you hear mm-hmm. or you don't like what you see, or if you don't even know what to do with yourself, like whatever the yeah. situation might be and you're not enjoying it by yourself, there is something that you need help with and there's something 
there might be something that you need to work on yep. there. And I, I have learned so much in my time of just being alone, not even necessarily like single, but like having mm -hmm. my time alone with my thoughts and mm -hmm. being able to process things and yeah. being able to figure myself out and, you know, understanding mm -hmm. what my thoughts are and what my thoughts actually are and what are the thoughts of other people. And right. when we don't have that time to really do that, whether it be in a relationship or, or outside a relationship, because mm -hmm. you can be single and still not know how to be by yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's a scary place. It's yeah. a scary place. And I think a lot of people are struggling with that. And that's why during COVID, mental health really became mm -hmm. so much out the forefront because yeah. people were now spending more time with themselves that they weren't used to. They didn't, and they didn't know how to, how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. it's a blessing in disguise. I know like it was, it was quite terrible for lots of people, but I, I think that's what really was the kicker for us bringing mental yeah. health to the forefront yeah. and to start talking about it more in a mm -hmm. more constructive manner. And it's more widely accepted. Yeah. Um, of course there's still room for growth and things mm -hmm. that we can do, uh, to make it even better. But, um, you know, now that we're here, it's, it's, it's great to start to build those practices mm -hmm. and the, the things that you that will ultimately support you in your singleness, in in your yeah. alone time, and in a relationship, and that starts with your mental health. How many of you get stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed? Because I know I do, and I know that meditation and prayer have been huge in my journey to resetting my mind and moving forward with greater clarity and peace. That's why I created the free 10-minute reset guided meditation to help you get your mind right during those times. My hope is that it can help you reset anytime, anywhere, just like it has for me. Click the link in the show notes to get access to it for free. Now back to the show. Yeah, I like everything that you're saying is fun. I really, like, as you were talking, I was thinking of one example. It's like, when you depend heavily on your significant other for emotional support, physical support, oftentimes you, you stop you know, putting your energy into other relationships. So when you're single, now you're forced to reach out to like your friends and your family and everything for for that that support. So, you know, just kind of think about, you know, how much emotionally you invest in a person and how it kind of can take you away from just normal day-to-day -day things. Like you kind of miss out on, in a way, you know, like even my last relationships, like I, in, the past two, I just felt like I didn't have enough time to spend with my mom. Mm. And she would be like, you know, you haven't come to visit in a couple weeks. And I'm like, you're right. Like, if I didn't think about it, because I'm so emotionally invested in this one relationship. So, yeah. you know, and I think that was in my singleness. I currently am I'm learning how to cope um, with, like, my emotions in a way where I'm, like, reaching out to people. I'm not, like, isolating myself because I feel like... Um, Sometimes we, we do that, you know, like maybe we don't want to share things that we're going through with like a counselor or someone in our circle because it could be shame, it could be guilt, it could be like just feeling vulnerable. You know, I may not, I, I may feel embarrassed about this particular thing I'm going through and I don't want to share that, but in my singleness, I've been able to like really use all my resources and just, and not just self-isolate and really reach out to people to get help. 
Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like in my past relationships, I kind of put all my energy in that relationship and just in hopes that maybe it would cover up my problems or maybe I could forget about them, put them in, in the, the back burner. But yeah, that's one thing singleness does is it kind of does like expose like <laughs> your your things that you're going through and your um flaws in a sense um, and just and just the things you need to work on you know? yeah and I get it that's scary yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a scary place to be mm-hmm. sometimes and I'm mean, honestly we just need to face our fears with it because yeah, the benefits yeah because <laughs> the benefits are so worthwhile mm-hmm. like to then start to heal those parts of you that need healing yeah. and to start growing in the areas that you need to grow yeah the payoff for that is lifetime like you know like it pays off forever yeah you know if you, and you i mean i'm not going to say you do it once and it's done that's not true and yeah. you're going to keep on needing to do yeah, things definitely. it's always so, yeah. Over, yeah work in process um, mm-hmm. but but what i will say is that the benefits are for the rest of your life yeah and that's <laughs> It's so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it to do it. And you'll come into the next relationship with such a renewed mindset. Yeah. And true. as a new person, mm-hmm. you know, better than you were before, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I think even if people do take time to be single for a time, but if they don't do the work to heal, mm-hmm. they will come into the next relationship not the best damage. version of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of tough to use the word damage because I, I, yeah. I, I don't like to put a label on yeah. on people. And um, I I would I will say though that like people who need to heal trust issues, mm-hmm. codependency, like you were saying, yeah. anger, unforgiveness, and abuse of any form, mm-hmm. you need professional help. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm sure there's other ones, but yeah. like I would really suggest going to a counselor mm-hmm. to get those issues sorted out and to process those things because yeah, those are really tough to break on your own. Like they you really can't are. do all of this stuff by yourself. Yeah, and yeah, counseling for sure, going to a therapist, getting professional help, and then also kind of speak to what I was saying earlier. It's like reaching out to other people because you never know like if another person has gone through what you've gone through yeah but a lot of times like if you were in an abusive relationship you may feel you know ashamed and you may not want to open up to anyone about it but um if you keep that festered inside of you it's gonna be hard to heal from that and move forward you know and you never know like you may be able to help someone else you know in the future because you've been through it you've healed from from it and you know you can help someone who's currently going through it so yeah all those are really good yeah for healing yeah i know for personally for me the biggest thing is just um i think i did have like a lot of guilt from like past relationships like either maybe not feeling like i treated them the way they should or loved them the way they should be loved and maybe blaming myself for it not working out or the opposite where you know, just being like, you know, really wanting to be work, wanting for it to work with that person and then them just kind of not putting in any effort in and me just feeling like unloved and me just trying to figure out 
okay, so is it me? Like, you know, and, but counseling really helped me because, you know, the therapist is supposed to, not supposed to, I mean, not because every therapist is different, but the one that I had <laughs> was, um, took a very like neutral, uh, stance on the issue because she didn't know me, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of helpful when you go to someone who has a neutral understanding about you. So they can't say like, oh, you were wrong in that situation, but they may frame it differently. They may say, well, well, did you ever think about approaching it in this way? And then maybe seeing what the outcome would have been. So it, it, they're very helpful therapists because they, they just ask you questions that you would never think about just asking yourself. Um, and obviously they have that professional background and understanding of, you know, maybe it is like, maybe you do have daddy issues, but they, <laughs> they wouldn't call it daddy issues, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe there is some, maybe something did happen in your past to where you are, you know, behaving this way or seeking this type of attention from a man because maybe you didn't have that with your father growing up. So, mm -hmm. you know, it is really helpful. I yeah, recommend therapy to everybody. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I get so surprised. Some Like, you know, it's great that we're talking about things more. I think that's the first step. But I think I've sensed almost a like it's great. People are acknowledging it, mm -hmm. that it's needed. But I sense a a gap between that and people actually going to get mm. it done and that's where, expensive. <laughs> i know i was gonna say there's a number of reasons yeah. why <laughs> um that's why that's why you know a lot of people recommend better help yes it's, i use yeah. better help yeah i love it like yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i i didn't like my first therapist yeah from there but yeah. but I, you have a say and yeah you can Switch. Make the criteria of what you're looking for, whether it be a black female or a white male or, you know, someone who specializes in a certain type of counseling. So that's why I like that platform. Um, and I've had, I've, I've actually only done the better help and I've done, I think I did one, like, she was like a Christian therapist, like mm -hmm. way back when, when I was in college, I went to, and then I would go to like group therapy. But like one thing is, you know, just, I'm sure you can attest to this too. It's like one, one therapist may not like solve all your problems. So it's okay to kind of look around, like mm -hmm. do your research. Like, you know, I remember I was taking like group therapy classes. I didn't feel like that spoke to my individual problems. So I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I was getting, I was making progress at all. Mm -hmm. But then when I started, you know, seeing my therapist on better health, you know, she, um, had a specific style that I really liked mm -hmm. and, she was very relatable, you know, mm -hmm. so, but it's okay to like dabble around mm -hmm. and do your totally. research. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like if, like I can understand people have, and if this is you, like if you've had a poor experience with a therapist, like know that that's not everybody. Right. Like that's not always going to be the case. Mm -hmm. And you really do just need to honestly date around. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Like, like finding a therapist is like dating. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I think you hit the nail on the head when you're just talking about the benefits of mm -hmm. what a therapist can provide you mm -hmm. in the area of dating and healing. Yeah. And how how that can really just get you into a place where you could be ready to date. Yeah. For sure. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long was your 
healing journey that you how I go through um hmm. I would say on average I would say like two years for between each man that I was seriously committed to yeah for me it took a long time because it was like I, I put a lot of guilt on myself like maybe I should have done this to make it work you know or maybe if I could have done this or that and then on top of that it was like I think another another factor to me taking so long to move on is I wasn't really putting myself out there for people to to date me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't really like, hey, I'm single, everyone. Like, and even when I reached a point of yeah, like I'm past the relationship, I I felt like kind of along the lines of what we're talking about with the healing. I, I felt like I still need things internally that maybe I wanted to work on, whether it meant like career growth or you know emotional maturity. And those are things that I felt like I could only do in my singleness. Mm. Um, so that's it, those two things. Like it took me a really long time because one, maybe I wasn't completely over the person, mm. or maybe I had some regrets, or maybe wondered if things could have been different. And then the second part would be just the internal growth I was working on towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's even though it is, I feel like it's a lifelong process. Yeah. Like we're always growing. Yeah. Um, totally. and we're always learning and so that thing that that part is kind of like lifelong but I don't know I feel like we all get to a point where we're secure enough to where we're ready to date you know for me I feel like I know that I'm ready to date now because almost like how we talked about in the first episode how like we feel you know secure in ourselves like we're not looking for that validation or love in a person because you know we we love ourselves. We uh, accept ourselves. Uh, I mean, there's always times that I feel like maybe I don't love how I look or love how I talk sometimes. But, but the, I think the acceptance part of it, like I've accepted who I am, and I know that I need to 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 make progress. Like it's always a work in progress, always room for improvement. So, because I've reached that point of security in myself, that's how I know I'm ready to date. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's room for improvement, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like you can always grow with a person. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things they teach you, you teach them. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I got off topic. Oh no, no, you're good, you're good. Yeah, yeah no, I mean that, that's definitely true. Like I, like any length of time that you need to heal, like yeah. take it. You know, yeah. and, like be honest with yourself on like how long you really need. Like, yeah. don't force it. Like, don't try to get over it quicker than you actually are. Don't mm-hmm. try to force things and yeah. um yeah i think i think that explains a lot though your answer to the first question yeah. about how you know the ratio of time that you've been single <laughs> yeah. that makes sense that yeah because you take yeah. you've taken a little bit you, you need more time in between the relationships in order exactly. to make it work so i get that yeah. um yeah maybe for me like i would say for me it's normally about a year okay about a year <laughs> yeah I mean, Which, just depending on how rough it is, but generally speaking, it's about a year. Yeah. Yeah. 
For the last four years, I personally have been using journaling as a healing practice and it's literally transformed my life. It's one of the key ways I've been able to work through my anxiety, get myself out of depression and really begin to thrive in life. If you're looking to get into journaling or you are in need of a new one, the Ambitious Peace journals are now available on Amazon. For those of you who don't know, these are super cute aesthetic journals with a different encouraging, motivational and insightful quote on every single page. They're small enough to fit in a purse, they're college ruled, and have 150 pages of space to free write, jot down your life plan, or to process those really tough thoughts and emotions. If you have been watching this on YouTube or Spotify, you'll be able to see what they look like, but I will describe them for everybody, so don't worry. One is this monochromatic chocolate wave design. The second one is another monochromatic look, but it's like a pink, light pink painting on canvas. And the last one is a light blue, white square geometric pattern that is very satisfying to the eye. My favorite one happens to be the chocolate one, but I'm looking forward to hearing which one is your favorite. So let me know in the comments or in your reviews. Again, you can find these on Amazon. I will link the Amazon link in the description of this show. And without further ado, let's get back to the episode. Oh, okay. I actually have some, some, I found this really cool psychology today article that talks about 15 questions you can ask yourself to help you decide whether or not you're ready to date again. And I honestly, I thought they were going to be so cookie cutter. (laughs) Like I didn't expect it to be that insightful but it there were a few in there that actually got me like a lot of them I was like oh yeah of course you know this and that because I I took the little questionnaire for myself and a few of them like really got me and I was like oh Mm. that's a good question like I've never asked myself that before Mm -hmm. and I'll link I'll link this this article in the show notes and you can go in and look at the questionnaire and take it for yourself Mm -hmm. the the range so for each statement you rank uh, your your response based off of one to five. One being rarely, two being some of the time, three being pretty often, four a lot of the time, or five most of the time. So for example, the first question is, I think about the next person I'm going to fall in love with. So answer, mm-hmm. how true is that for you? Most of the time, five. A lot of the time, four, pretty often, three, some of the time, two, or rarely, you rank it as one. So, and then at the end of the questionnaire, you add up your total, and then it'll tell you which category you fall in, wow. um, where you're yeah. where you're at. That's cool. I really like that. We yeah. can take this after we're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, it it might be kind of, it. I mean... I'll read off the the statements and you can kind of answer them in your head, but yeah, you might need to actually write them down yeah. to figure it out. Um, so if you're at home, feel free to pause this video, this recording, and add up the tallies for yourself because it's going to be super useful for you. So number one, I think about the next person I'm going to fall in love with. Two. I think that I will eventually find the person I want. Three, 
I believe that I was a worthwhile partner. Four, I trust that the future holds some great new relationship adventures. Five, people get over the pain from their lost relationships. Six, I believe that losing that important relationship has made me a stronger person. Seven, my friends tell me that I'm healed from my loss. Eight, I think of the good things I did in the relationship. Nine, I believe that my partner did truly care for me. 10, I still trust that people are basically good. 11, I treasure the positives in intimate relationships. 12, I believe that I've learned what I need to know to try dating again. 13, I feel renewed confidence in knowing what to do differently the next time around. 14, I trust that most people ghost others because they don't want to hurt them. 15, things work out the way they're supposed to. And then you add up all of your scores and it tells you where you end up. So I actually mentally added it up. Did you? Yeah. What did you get? I got 54. 54. Okay, you're in you're in the 46 to 60 category, which means that you're very close. Ooh, I'm very close today. Watch out, bachelors. <laughs> your girls single. Hey, hey, single ready to mingle. Yeah. Close to ready to mingle. <laughs> close to close to ready. Close to cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I actually I got the same one. Okay. Yeah, I forget the exact number that I got, but I was in that same category as well. Mm -hmm. Does it have a, a description or explanation? It actually doesn't, but um, I mean, the whole article does go into general, um, like general descriptions, but like mm -hmm. not specific to the category. Okay. But yeah, there were a few in there. Like, did any of those surprise you? Yeah. Like, ones that I didn't really think were relevant, but I could see how they are. Yeah. Um, one of them was, um, it was like the second to last one. It was like, um, people, relationships don't work. Relationships where there is ghosting. Oh, yeah. That one, the ghosting yeah. one. I was like, yeah. I don't know how that's relevant, but yeah. I could kind of see how, like, you're, just your perception of, Maybe like maybe you had someone that goes to you, and maybe you weren't in a space to like. Maybe you felt they did it because they didn't want to be with you. Mm. Like if you have that perspective, maybe you may cause it may develop like trust issues. Like yeah. oh like if this person goes to me or doesn't text back, like he didn't. He must really not like me. Like I don't know. Yeah. So that could be a correlation. I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 Or like like they don't care about others yeah. or you know like yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that one kind of got me i was like oh shoot like i guess i <laughs> I, ooh, I, <laughs> I can't remember exactly i think my answer was one like if you right. ghost me then you don't want to talk to me <laughs> like, that's yeah not, that's yeah that's i feel like that's yeah yeah you're not you know yeah <laughs> i think mine was some of the time which is two <laughs> yeah, exactly. like sometimes i give people the benefit of the doubt other times i'm just like you literally suck yeah. <laughs> most of the time. But yeah, the other ones that really surprised me were, 
I think of the good things I did in the relationship. Oh yeah. Like I never, I don't. I really yeah. do that. <laughs> like I I mean unless I'm kind of being defensive. Yeah. Unless yeah. I'm like I didn't even do anything. Like I was so good to oh, him. Like he ever had. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, like sure, like that's great. But like if you like I, I think what the question is actually saying is like do you acknowledge that you you tried your best or like do you mm-hmm. acknowledge or do you acknowledge like that that you gosh I can't, I can't even really put it into other words except yeah. for like do you, you acknowledge did have things that you could bring to the table yes. like you yes you, you actually had good qualities mm-hmm. but I mean I like that question because it made me think about how guilty of a conscious I have to where I can't even like appreciate the good things that happen I'm only thinking of like all the things I should have done or mm-hmm. not only blaming myself but blaming the other person yeah but I think it 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 can limit somebody in that if you're thinking in that way because you may you may not know how to go into the next relationship with it and like actually reflect on all the good things you did or that happened in the relationship mm-hmm. you know you you're only focusing on the bad and how traumatic it was yeah and you're trying to avoid that trauma and that bad as opposed mm-hmm. to creating like those those beautiful moments or like recreating the good things that happened mm-hmm. you know i feel like it's good to kind of reflect on that as well mm-hmm. which i don't do a lot of mm-hmm. because i'm like I'm a failure. Like <laughs> this relationship didn't yeah, work, or yeah. he really sucked. But yeah. there were good things that I feel like I'm more likely to see the good in the other person. Yeah, and blame myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just me. I don't know why. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I think, think I'm the same way too. I think I'm the same way, and I think I think a lot of people are like this because it's like we're our own worst critic. Yeah, you know. Right. So we're always almost always going to criticize ourselves more than we do other people actually yeah that's true that and like i know i'm super growth oriented and like i know like you are and i know people listening to this podcast are for sure and when we're so growth oriented like we tend to look at okay you know like what can Mm -hmm. i work on what's what um yeah you know and that's healthy it is healthy to ask yourself those questions but sometimes we overdo it like we never like sometimes we we skip over the step of like okay well what did we do well you know because there's a lot of learning there too and you know when we can learn what did we do well like we can know and teach ourselves to repeat that behavior exactly yeah yeah oh, i love that yeah I just discovered something about myself <laughs> <laughs> through that quiz so oh yeah the other one that kind of uh threw me was i believe that my partner truly did care for me mm. Which I think sometimes I do, but like if you if it like was traumatic, that's kind of hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I were to reflect on my last relationship, I could say yes. But like you're saying, it, it kind of the bad overrules the good. I can't stop thinking about the bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we need to balance that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Ah, oh, this one is, is pretty deep too. I believe that I was a worthwhile partner. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That kind of like gets you in your feels a little bit. Like, dang, like it makes you think. Like, what did you actually 
it's almost along the lines of the, the other question that we were talking about. Yeah. What did you actually, you know, make, like, how, how did you make that, you know, relationship worthwhile? Was it, you know, because you were, you know, affectionate or you, you were a good listener? Um, I think that's another good question because you're, it's like a reflection thing. It's like yeah. reflecting on the good or reflecting, it could be bad. Maybe, maybe you did feel like you weren't a good partner yeah. and then it may cause some, you know, bad memories or maybe yeah. to really, it may cause you to sit with that, that uncomfortable truth of maybe you did, like if you cheated or maybe, maybe it wasn't cheated, like that extreme to cheat, but maybe you just, you didn't give them the time they deserve, or maybe you weren't listening, and, and that's why it ended because you didn't have the, the energy and time to get to them, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's still good, like, you look at the good and the bad, and that can help you yeah. move forward. Like, you, yeah. sometimes you gotta sit with the uncomfortable truth, yeah. you know, and yeah. actually, yeah, to really reflect on it and really just sit with it. You know, a lot of people don't want to sit with the truth because it makes them uncomfortable and it makes them feel like they're a bad person. Yeah. When it's not that they're a bad person, it's maybe they just, you know, in that time they were, that's all they could give in the relationship or that's kind of where they were in their personal growth. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. That's interesting that you thought of that one that way. I like I I actually saw it a little bit differently, or like I mm -hmm. it popped in my my head a little bit differently. But that's totally true. Yeah. It like definitely relates to the other questions as well. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of thought of it as related it more to to self worth mm -hmm. and how you see what you bring to the table yeah. almost. And like like are are you worth having a partner? Because mm. I feel like sometimes after a breakup, we might tell ourselves like, oh my gosh, like I, I just might be single forever. <laughs> or, you know, like I, like I shouldn't be in a relationship ever. Like, mm. you know, this is why I don't date. This is why I, I shouldn't be with someone. This is why I'll never get married. This is why all of these things that we tell ourselves in our brain, the narrative that we're speaking, the self-talk that we have ultimately determines our self-worth. Mm -hmm. And you, if you determine that maybe you weren't a worthwhile partner, like you might be telling yourself some untrue things. Like sure, like to your mm -hmm. point, like there are some true things, but yeah, yeah. there could also be some untrue things that yeah. you're speaking over yourself. And so, yeah, that's so interesting. We have like a different perspective. Yeah, no, that sure. makes sense too. Like the self-worth thing, because if you felt like, like what? Like let's just say you while you were in the relationship, you felt unworthy of it. Maybe you would self sabotage. Mm -hmm. Like you would kind of go into it like, well, I'm not deserving of the, these flowers that he gave me, so I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just like I don't know. I I I'm, I wouldn't do that because I don't have that mindset. But you may be going through that, you know, that um, uh, unworthiness or that period of your life where you're like have low self-esteem and you don't really feel like you deserve flowers. You don't deserve like someone treating you well or doing certain things for you. So yeah, I, I know that that could be a result of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, I feel renewed confidence in knowing what to do differently the next time around. Like I, I definitely feel like that relates to the other ones. Yeah. Of, you know, just, I think the, the key with that one is like renewed confidence. Mm -hmm. 
Because you can know what to do differently in the next time around, but you might not be confident. confident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like to be confident in that yeah. is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I feel like if you... I always want to go back to, like, identity. Like, if you have self-worth, then you will be confident. Because we talked about that earlier. Like, you go into a date feeling confident about yourself and who you are, then you're less likely to be nervous about how that person might perceive you and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, after going through a relationship and taking the time to think, like, you know, I, I forgot where I was going with this. But, <laughs> no, I care. but you, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's just a, like having the confidence to, to know that um, everything that you went through, that you can use that for something, you know? Mm -hmm. So... I get, yeah, that is important. I never really thought about it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. Are you enjoying this episode as much as I am? Girl, I hope so. If you're getting anything positive from this podcast, I would love it if you left a review and shared it with a friend you feel like needs to hear it. I know you hear this a lot, but this is really the only way other people can benefit and grow from this information as well. If you listen to this podcast, I'm assuming you have a desire for the world to be in a better place. And what better way to do that than by spreading awareness of self-development to help each person grow and be better a little more each day. And you might be asking, well, what's in it for you? Well, I'll shout you out on a future episode if you leave a review. Plus, at that point, we're pretty much friends. And the best part, it's completely free. So thank you so much for being a listener of Grow To Be Free. It really means the world to me. And now, back to the episode. Now we can kind of move on to another saucy topic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like the question of... Because we talk a lot about intentions and, you know, like figuring out like what your intention is with dating and, you know, learning how to figure that out for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I know for some people, marriage is their end goal mm -hmm. for one reason or, or the other. Yeah. Um, any which reason. And then for other people, they might be maybe on the fence of like, you know what, I... I might just stay single forever. <laughs> not yeah. not from the, well, it could be for a lot of reasons, but they might just kind of like have that mindset of like, I am so scared of marriage or I'm, yes, I'm for so sure. intimidated by that it. For sure. Yeah, you're like, I don't even know if I want this. Like, yeah. like marriage leads to kids and I don't want kids. Or, you know, like there's, yeah, there's yeah. so many reasons why somebody could be scared of marriage. Like, I'm scared of it too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In a lot of ways, people say, oh, marriage is so tough. Like, yeah. you know, it, uh, your, your life ends once you get married. Like, you know, there's so many things that people say in the media yeah. and even your, like, personal testimonies of people who have been married, the divorce rates. <laughs> Did you have a stat? Oh, yeah, the divorce, yes, I, yeah. <laughs> I was just getting ready to go into that. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. I was doing a little bit of research on the divorce rates and, you know, um, there's a misconception that, you know, divorce, rate, divorce rates are actually going up, but that's not true um, because currently um, there's uh, around 40 to 50% um, divorce rate, but which is lower in the past 10 years. But that's because, oh, okay. yeah, it's actually decreased, but that's because marriage 
the rate of marriage has actually decreased mm-hmm. to kind of speak to what your your point is mm-hmm. and we can kind of get I don't know if we have time to get into like why we think maybe marriages aren't lasting nowadays mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of like just looking at the statistics and uh, the first thing that comes to mind is just you know that fear of kind of the fear of actually getting divorced may hinder a lot of people from getting married in the first place you know a lot of our um you know, personally, like my parents are divorced, so mm-hmm. that influenced me a lot with yeah, how I knew it. Mm-hmm. And but then we think about our grandparents or great grandparents, maybe who were who stuck together, you know, who were married for all these years despite things that maybe been infidelity, things that maybe nowadays we wouldn't tolerate. They tolerated it for whatever, whatever reason. But I think in society today, we're more accepting of singleness um and it's you know it's not as much of a like a taboo or whatever mm-hmm. yeah so yeah i really thought that was interesting though that is interesting i totally believe it yeah. because i've noticed just within like my own friends and you know like just people that i know in general like mm-hmm. very many people are just like you know what i <laughs> i don't really want to get married yeah uh, but yeah, we really do want a committed relationship. Like yeah. that's the, that's the one thing I've really noticed about people. Like even though they might not want marriage specifically, they want companionship. They want companionship, and they want, in some way, shape, or form, a commitment from somebody. Yeah. Even in those open relationships that I I've honestly like I've had uh, I've had conversations with people who are in open relationships and had some yeah. very like honest questions that I, I genuinely just wanted to know like how their relationship function mm-hmm. even for them if there's still a commitment there even yeah, yeah, yeah. even though they're op- openly you know, dating yeah. other people at the same time like yeah. they still have a level of commitment that they might not have with other individuals mm-hmm. and so I, I find that very interesting yeah, that's um, interesting. yeah, yeah. so I think you know I just the day that day and age that we live in, it's become more acceptable to not get married, like you said, and so yeah. that's why people aren't like holding them to the standard mm-hmm. of like needing to get married. And I think there actually is like a little bit of level-headedness to that mm-hmm. in a way because like if you think about it, why were people getting married in the past? Yeah. One, financial. Yeah. Women couldn't support themselves, so they needed a man. Okay. Two. Two, they were getting married because society was pushing them. Everybody was getting married, and like you said, it was taboo to be single and a woman (laughs) at the same time and um, having a career. Uh, I think those are kind of like the main things. Yeah. 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 Wow. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It is scary. It really is. But I don't know. I've, I've seen enough successful marriages work. To where I'm hopeful, like I still desire that, mm-hmm. even though I've seen like my parents didn't last, like you know, and even my grandparents, like my, my grandma didn't get married till she was 60 years old. So mm-hmm. seeing that, seeing very very independent, wow. strong yeah. women, and especially on my mom's side of the family, like seeing that they could raise their children alone and still be well off, um, kind of you know gave me the sense that maybe I marriage wasn't the end goal but at the same time it was like well I do want a marriage like I do want a lifelong partner because it'd be way easier to raise a child when you're married yes. you know yeah um but yeah 
Yeah. Did you have a following question? I didn't, I didn't know. Oh, no, no, not, oh, okay. not, not necessarily like specific. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But I guess like, I guess, yeah, I guess the question does come down to like, like, I mean, what are you, wait, hold on. I think <laughs> I got to lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um, so I know earlier we were talking about, um, do you think it's the intent to date is marriage? And why, why, why not? Yeah, yeah, like, I I think the question was, should you really be dating if you are not sure if you want, or or if you're ready to get married? And I'll put some context behind this. Yeah. Because I came across this study that was done on, like, college age people uh-huh. um they call them emerging emerging adults <laughs> i feel like i'm an emerging emerging adult but, <laughs> but like they specifically interviewed college oh. age kids i kind of like that term yeah like i'm emerging, <laughs> emerging adults. yeah yeah I, I don't think i'm not i feel like you're not an emerging uh, you're an adult <laughs> but if that makes me feel better <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm grown. I'm grown. Um, yeah, I'm grown. Nothing <laughs> real. Um, and so the the thing that they wanted to describe is is defining catching feelings. You know, we all heard this term, catching feelings. So they wanted to interview these kids to really get a definition of what that really means, mm-hmm. and then also kind of define how it is that they made that decision process once yeah. they started to cash feelings. Like, how do you make that decision of whether or not you want to be in a relationship? Yeah. One of the things that I found was really fascinating is, like, in one of the interviews, the the guy, he said, like, like when I realized that I started catching feelings for this person, I I realized that I, yeah I really liked them and things could really work out long term mm-hmm. but I realized like even if I did want to marry them I don't want to get married right now like mm. like say if we did end up working out and yeah. dating for three or four years and decided to get married like I don't want to be married at that point in my life mm-hmm. and so. I mean, I don't know what happened to that guy in that relationship or whatever, but it just brought something up for me of like, oh, okay. Like once you realize that, like, should you just stop dating altogether Mm -hmm. until you realize like, oh, I I actually am ready for marriage or ready just Mm -hmm. for like a long-term relationship. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that question. What was the... What was like overall census of the survey like as far as people catching feelings or the reasons why? So it wasn't necessarily a survey. Okay. It was more of an exploratory study to kind of outline, mm-hmm. well, first define what uh, catching, catching feelings is and yeah. then also to like figure out what the decision making process is from there. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, so there was a few things that. They're like the speaking specifically to what I just mentioned about that guy, the pre conditions for catching feelings Mm -hmm. is that there needs to be a right time and a right space. Mm. So they, they might realize that they're catching the feelings and they have to, or we just have to kind of sort out, is this the right time? Is this the right space for this? Yeah. Before we even like, acknowledge or like share this with somebody you know so or share this with the other person 
that you're catching feelings for. That makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. they could be like in a relationship. Like you're not gonna be like, oh, I have feelings for you. And you're like, that's the first thing that comes to mind. That's funny. Maybe it's because of that past situation with the other guy, the guy who is in a fiance. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you never know. Like it could be any reason why that person's why why it may not be a right time for a relationship. That's so, for sure. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. space. I mean, I don't know what that means, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I like the question. I've never really thought about it in that way. But I would say personally, if I'm if I'm ready, like person, if I'm ready to date, then I'm ready for marriage. But that, I couldn't say that ten years ago. Like I think, but ten years ago, I wasn't as emotionally mature as I am now. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was still figuring out who I was and who I wanted and. Who I was looking for in an apartment, in a partner. So I can't say ten years ago I was ready for marriage. But would that deter me from dating somebody? No, because I think kind of like what we talked about earlier is like that you're dating, even though the intent is marriage, it doesn't mean you have to get married next year. Like you can still date the person. And when I mean date, I mean like you're getting to know them, um, what you like, what you don't like, and even if you really feel like that that person has potential taking a step further and d- developing emotional, um, a, an emotional connection, you know, um, physical intimacy, like I said, doesn't have to be sex, like, but just physically, um, like, is this person affectionate learning if like, they know how to like give hugs or I, I don't know, this is the first example, that I mm-hmm. but like, if you, maybe you don't like the way they smell or make, or how they like touch you, like the physical touch is weird for you or like, you know things like that, but you're, the the idea behind it is like you're getting to know, you're understanding, you're learning, and if it's something that, and you know, if it's something that you're you're not into, then my opinion is that you end it, you know, because if the that all, all the intention intention intentionality does is it creates a a goal, an end goal. Mm. Um, so. Whether that be, I might date a guy for like a month and be like, wow, like I think he has all the qualities of a husband. Like I'm ready to get married, but you know, I haven't met anyone like that yet. But I'm not saying it couldn't happen. But to, I would, I would say to make, you know, to answer that question is like you don't have to, you know, um, I don't think that should deter you. Like um, if if the angle if the angle is marriage and maybe you're not ready. I think you should still date to get to know the person, mm. you know, to really know if that person is the type of person you want to marry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Like that's, yeah, I think that hit the nail on the head. And one thing I, I will add on to that too is that we don't, even though we know that our goal might be a long-term relationship or marriage Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be like even though we have those goals in mind like we don't necessarily need to put the pressure Mm -hmm. on the beginning parts of getting to know somebody Mm -hmm. to necessarily figure that out like yes do you want to figure that out absolutely yeah um but i think like in that three-step three three-date process or whatever (laughs) Let's just call it six hours, because I think my opinion <laughs> on this, I feel like a date should be two hours, <laughs> yeah. two to three hours. And so if you spend six to what it would be, six to ten hours with somebody, like you have uh, enough information to decide whether or not to continue dating them. 
or not. Um, but all that aside, like, I think sometimes we jump head first into the, oh, are, are you, are you the right one for me? Like right off the, the bat, like, mm-hmm. are you marriage material or are you da 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 And those are all great, like very important questions to ask. But I think yeah. sometimes we put a lot of pressure on like the first or second date to yeah. figure that out. And like, it's, it, I think just the mindset, at least for me, in my mm-hmm. own experience, cause I used to do this. I yeah. used to get all the questions out, like made, made the first date an interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've definitely done this and it never turned out. Like, well. you want kids? <laughs> How much do you make? What's your credit score? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, those, yeah. Yeah. What's your last name? Does it fit on my, my yeah, first name? Yeah. <laughs> like, all the things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like how many kids do you want? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All important questions to know before you marry somebody. Yeah. But, but like you said, you're not going to marry them next year, likely. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so you have time to to figure that out. Yeah. And um, sometimes I just feel like the pressure of trying to figure it out right away actually mm-hmm. hinders us from building a connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you interview somebody, you don't really have a connection with them. Yeah. You, it's it's like it's unlikely. Yeah. You can build it, but like the that it doesn't come from the questions mm-hmm. of the interview. It it comes from relating back and forth. It it comes from mm-hmm. building a memory together. Yeah. So that's why I kind of I don't really like uh, dinner first dates. I mean they're great. Really. Or just like sitting over a meal. Yeah. What 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 do you think is a, an ideal first date? For me, I would rather go do something active, like an activity, like going hiking, okay, okay. Yeah. or you know, like a, I don't know, like yeah, like doing something, doing something fun. Yeah. Like, like maybe even going like dancing or something. So that might less, that might be kind of less much, yeah. serious. Or less, less serious. Pressure on that. Less pressure. Yeah. More like the romance. It's more like. Fun. Yeah, yeah, more like fun, mm-hmm. um, you know, mini golfing, anything but going mm-hmm. to just eat. I mean, can you? I've never thought about that. I like that though. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm yeah. down for like fun, like a good time. Yeah, 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 for sure. And like the reason why is because yeah, like it takes pressure off, and then you also get to see a side of that person that's yeah. more like them, right? Because if they yeah. if they're having fun, I've if they're that okay. yeah, you're seeing the them. They're, yeah, a front side of them, and then you're also kind of seeing, like, how they are in a certain environment. Oh, okay. Yeah. And which can tell you more about a person for real than just asking them their head-on questions that they might be yeah. filtering or altering the response to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a first date. Yeah. And, of course, like, during that date, like, you may have opportunities to ask those get-to-know-you type questions, yeah. but in my opinion, I don't think they should be, look those very hard hitting <laughs> questions. Yeah. Like how you know I think like the questions that could be asked that would be more helpful are, you know, uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head necessarily. Mm-hmm. My brother actually gave me a really interesting one. Because I told him about that really weird first date yeah. where the guy was weird. Uh, and he was telling me like, oh man, that's not that's not <laughs> That's not what I would do. What I would do is like, mm-hmm. he, he said if he was in that, that position, like he was on a date yeah. uh, with a girl hiking, mm-hmm. his thing he would say to have the conversation go is, okay, real question. 
if there was a bear that jumped out of, at, at us right now, what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so silly. I mean, yeah. he's, such, he's such a silly person. And so that matches him. But he was like, the reason why I would ask something like that is because, one, it, it it's fun. Two, yeah. it, you get to, based off of their answer, you can mm-hmm. kind of see, like, how that person thinks. You yeah. know, like, what, you know, how they would creatively solve a problem. Or, mm-hmm. like, you know, how... Uh, how like, like what their imagination is like mm-hmm. and, and then you get to share your side of it and yeah. and even if it's not the same answer like that that gives the other person like oh okay so like this is how mm-hmm. this is how they are yeah. like you know this is how they would approach it mm-hmm. and a lot of the times questions like that although silly like do actually give you a little bit more insights to a person yeah. than just a head-on question okay Oh yeah, I, I never really thought about first date versus third date, like getting into more serious questions. Like the the last the, the one I was telling you about the um I kinda don't feel like it's going anywhere. Um we only went on one date and like in the first date we addressed all like the serious questions, <laughs> like you know, like, what is your stance on this political issue or like how do you feel about this? And a lot of it was him disclosing it to me and but because he disclosed to me I felt comfortable sharing it with him sure. but it was very personal person like intimate questions very personal questions and I didn't really think how that might affect like where we how it could affect um, the progression of our relationship um but I don't know part of me feels like I'm glad we got the other way <laughs> like confirm com- yeah. you know confirmation but maybe it, I wasn't able to see him in that fun, playful light. It, it was, it did feel very serious, kind of like to what you were saying. So, yeah, I know I like what you were saying. I, I think I would definitely try that the next time I go on a date. It's like, mm-hmm. go do something fun because mm-hmm. I really like. It did affect my perception of him, you know, because it made me feel like he's man. This guy's down, like getting ready to get down to business. He's just serious. You know, I was looking for a wife, or so I thought. <laughs> um, and but I didn't really just like every once in a while I would get like a little laugh out of him, but it mostly felt the tone felt very serious. So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I get it. Like I did the same thing. Like with uh, the last situation ship that I had. Like mm-hmm. although we were friends beforehand, like we didn't have too many deep conversations so mm-hmm. it was like our actual first date date where there's romantic interest we hit everything mm-hmm. almost like we and we probably hit the whole book in like the first weekend that we yeah. spent together and that was way too much all at once mm-hmm. looking back on it yeah and i say that because in contrast to your situation mm-hmm. we actually aligned on many things yeah. So that was the sign that I was telling you about where I was like, yeah. I feel like this is right for me because yeah. all of these things lined up very well. Mm-hmm. And that actually hurt me rather than helped me because yeah. from that point on, my mind was like, I'm marrying this man. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, that's like how I felt about it because of his answers to the questions when in reality Mm -hmm. I was just knowing his 
verbal answers to the question, mm-hmm. but people will often say, and there's been studies done on this, I don't know the exact statistics, yeah. but we will say things that we don't actually mean, not maliciously or not mm-hmm. intentionally, but like people will give an answer to something one way and then faced with the actual challenge of it, face head on, mm-hmm. will do something completely different. than what they would say that they would do. Mm -hmm. Even though in their head, their answer is their truth, Mm -hmm. they will do something completely different. Um, And that's just a general, like, human thing that we do. Yeah. Uh, So that's why I think the the more, like, situational cues that you get from somebody just based off of experiencing them in certain situations Mm -hmm. is more of an indicator of who they actually are because you're witnessing their behavior not yeah. their words okay yeah yeah yeah. that's good i love that yeah it's definitely a different way of thinking <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. It's, and because i was gonna, just gonna say it's it's kind of a good segue into like just where i learned that or learned about mm-hmm. that i listened to a really great podcast called the heart of dating have Ooh. you listened to it I think I've heard an episode or two, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that podcast. Um, Kate Warman, the host of the show, she has gone through a lot of very traumatic relationships in the past and mm-hmm. has learned a lot from those and has done a lot of her own like personal research of, mm-hmm. you know, thing, you know, how to get to know yourself. Like I, that's the podcast that I learned about attachment styles as yeah. well, and like. The, the tips that she shares or like her guests share on the podcast are so useful to mm-hmm. actually um, having these dating practices that are conducive of a yeah. healthy end result. Mm. Things that I would have never thought about. Yeah. And so there's so been so many like realizations through listening to this podcast mm-hmm. that I I'm like, wow, I never thought of that, and that explains a lot why this hasn't worked for me in the past, and now going forward, I am going to change my approach, I'm going to do something different, and it's actually based off of um, research or, you know, just other people's experiences that they've seen work well or not work well, and so that, that has been a big resource for me in terms of dating and realizing where I'm at with dating and determining that. So that's been a good resource for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have tons of relationship series, um, resources, things that I've watched online, uh, self-help books, um, like YouTube videos. Uh, One of my biggest um, kind of relationship-related material that I've been kind of reading and I reference a lot like when I'm talking to my friends because it's called uh, Relationship Goals by mm-hmm. Michael Todd. Um, there's also this YouTube um, channel, it's called AGW, I think it stands for Applying God's Word, um, but a lot of good material, especially faith-based material, like if you're interested in, in that, um, really understanding like specifically God's timing for relationships. Um, so that's a good resource. Um, and then I have like uh, maybe you've heard of Jackie Hill Perry. She mm-hmm. has uh, her and um, Preston Perry. They have their own podcast, mm-hmm. like Thirty Minutes with the Perrys. Not always. It's not always about relationships, but sometimes they'll talk about their personal marriage. And I like listening to like m- you know married couples because mm-hmm. you can learn so much from them. Like especially if they're in a successful like you know joyful marriage. Like I want to learn. Mm-hmm. I want that. So 
I learned from that. But obviously, those are like my number, my top mm-hmm. couple of uh, materials. And on top of like we talked about the five love languages. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. all those I, I kind of reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, those are those are definitely good resources for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, and uh, for anybody who's listening who who might not be a person of faith or you know maybe that's not something you identify with, like totally fine. Like you can check out these resources if you think they're they're helpful. Um, I do recommend it, especially since it just has to do with relationships in general. Um, but just know, like, there's there's lots of resources out there, whatever they might be. Like, I I did mention a podcast in the last last episode. I think it's called Lovers and Friends. Honestly, I haven't really listened to it a lot. Like, I only listened to part way of one episode, so I can't really speak for it. But I did say I can say that from that one episode, there was some very helpful information that was shared, just like yeah. from a general relationship standpoint. Um, also, like that the gal who was in, interviewed in that podcast, Glow. Her Instagram handle is Glow Graphics. She just recently got into that relationship and she's been sharing everything <laughs> about that relationship, which I thought was very interesting to yeah. to ex- listen or, you know, just ex- uh, see what her experience has been like. Because mm-hmm. she's going into very detailed things that you wouldn't yeah. expect, like an influencer just to just like, like share. Super transparent. Transparent yeah. about like, clearly like, you know, on this day, like he did something wrong and like, this is how he handled it. Uh, which wow. is, yeah. I don't know if I could have the courage to do this. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, just, you know, but that's, yeah, that can help a lot of people. It can, yeah. Especially if it's something that's not always talked about, and, like, maybe people want to know, you know, more about communication or whatever it may be. Like, they have a similar situation, but you would never know if people aren't transparent and, like, sharing their personal stories. So that's, that's pretty courageous of her totally yeah Yeah. very bold yeah for sure um but yeah definitely i echo what you're saying of like learning from married couples like even even if marriage isn't your goal like Mm -hmm. the thing with married married couples is that they know what it's like to live together (laughs) for any length of time and they have been through ups and downs and they know how to handle them Mm -hmm. so it's like even if you're like in a committed relationship that is just serious and you're not married like totally useful like if you don't have one of those people in your life Mm -hmm. go get some (laughs) but like you can also listen to you know these resources that we share to like kind of help give you that um leg up but um yeah i feel like this has been a really great discussion (laughs) yeah for sure lots of really great tips were shared and lots of great resources so Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this, check the show notes for all of the links. And, you know, if you can take away one thing from these two podcasts, I would just take the one thing that really resonated with you, one piece of information that you feel like you can really work on. And if you need to, just forget the rest. <laughs> you know, the, the point is, is to work on something coming out of this podcast and whether that be in singleness in dating in a relationship like wherever you're at like take something away from it and like apply it as soon as you possibly can so that way you can actually grow from it and become a better person so yeah thank you for listening and if you haven't already go ahead and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts 
if you would like to connect with Sean and me, I don't know if you want people to connect with you anywhere. You know what? Share. I am working on my own personal podcast. I do have a social media platform. Um, nothing too interesting. But <laughs> if you want to just um, get to know me more as a person, yeah, definitely. You can add me on my Instagram. It's uh, my first name, um, C-H-A-N-D-A-M-Y-J-S. Um, so that's my Instagram, um, and yeah, just add me, and if you like what you like, just like and, you know, add me, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, follow her, and, uh, so that way you can stay in touch when she does la- launch the new yeah, podcast, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being a listener, I hope you took away something, we'll see you next time.